Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The National Blast podcast with Keenan Skelly. Join Keenan and guests as they blast you to a place that is certainly not boring, yet still giving you highlights from areas in cyber where key policies and legislation are needed, exist, but aren't enforced, or no one is even talking about it. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. V-Armor enables organizations to protect their data, digital assets, and themselves through a complete understanding of all applications and identities and the information relationships between them. Every application, every user, every data element. Learn more at vArmor.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of the National Blast. We have one of my favorite people. I know you guys keep telling me this. I say this all the time, but she's actually a returning guest. That's how much I like her. The absolutely marvelous Mrs. Liz Wharton. And you know what we're going to talk about today? Our favorite thing, privacy and Amazon and robots. And oh my goodness, tell me more. (laughs) Well, and you also forgot the drone. Oh, and the drone. You can't have a purely, truly dystopian future unless you've got the robot overlords and the drone. And the drone's falling from the sky. (laughs) But wait, give us a quick intro so everybody knows who you are and uh, we'll go from there. Well, thank you. So I'm lawyer Liz on Twitter, Liz Wharton, and an attorney for, oh gosh, almost 20 years working in technology for the last 15, but also in public policy, as well as information security, cybersecurity. So I help the makers and breakers do what they do without too much trouble. AKA certified badass. <laughs> I wish. No, that's you. Uh, that is, I mean, you can get to talk every what week, uh, every show is uh, brilliant people. And then sometimes you bring me. So, Hey, I love oh, it. Thank you. Yeah, please. Also you're a redhead too. So your stock is way above everybody else's just so you know. It's, uh, and I don't recall if you've had the video as well as the audio, but, uh, when you bring the A game with the red hot lipstick, I feel like we know it's going to be a feisty, fiery yeah, cover. Totally. Like you're ready to go and just throw down over the latest Amazon shenanigans. Yeah. yeah this privacy stuff that, that they keep claiming that they have, it's painful. It's painful to listen to watch. <laughs> And well, as soon as that article came out, the first thing I did was tag Liz and say, oh my gosh, we have to talk about right? it. I mean, they want us to pay. And right now for the low, low introductory price of $999.99 plus shipping and handling, uh, well, and the price is supposed to go up to $1,500, but that also doesn't, you know, tag in or include the accoutrements that I'm sure you would want to get with it because nobody wants the, you basic. know, oh. right. It's like the flamethrower from Elon Musk. You don't get the basic flamethrower. You get the super jazzed flamethrower, right? Right. You get the ludicrous speed one. Yes. And in this case, an Astro is just a little snitch. Um, 
it's for those who aren't aware, it's a little robot and it's supposed to be a revolutionary home assistant. So conceptually, I like the idea of if you have an elderly or someone in the house that needs a little extra, you know, monitoring in the sense of, you know, we all have, or for those of us who have Apple watches and stuff, we have the fall protection. So, you know, if you've got that enabled and having elderly grandparents, I'm like, oh, okay. I can see the benefit of, uh, you know, they want to go get something in the middle of the night. Oh, they don't have to get up. They can just go send Astro, but it's Amazon. It doesn't but work like dun, that, dun, dun. right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it is designed to basically with all of the facial recognition, all of that, it's supposed to map your home. So it's supposed to be able to go everywhere and design and uh, discern where the like hot travel spots are and where there's a lot of foot traffic. And it's supposed to, when it goes to recharge, it's supposed to recharge in a place that's out of the way. Well, one of the other things that it does is because of course, you know, Alexa do this, like Astro, Astro, when it senses that you're using Amazon or one of the Amazon, like you have that on your screen. Oh my God. Shut up, Alexa. She wasn't talking to you. Right. Exactly. Um, And one of the downsides, it's supposed to maintain a social distance of one to one and a half meters until it realizes, oh, are they using an Amazon product? Are they doing this? In which case it's supposed to be 40 centimeters. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, to the right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be all up in your business. Oh, yeah. And heavens forbid you have other things on the screen and who knows if that's truly what's going to happen, but you start thinking of all the different ways. They're like, oh, well, it's going to be AI. It's going to learn as it goes. Well, it learns because it's following everyone. And, and I feel like this is, this is the next step of, I mean, I think it started honestly with Amazon and just the way they present their products on their online platform, right? It's very intuitive in terms of you looked at this one thing once, or we looked at your browser history and we saw that you looked at this. And then Facebook kind of took that to the next level of, we are literally tracking your eye movements on the screen to see what you like. And then now this is so invasive. This feels like, like, Hey, I notice you go to the bathroom three times a day. Do you need more toilet paper or, <laughs> you know, I mean, things of this nature, which I see, I sense that you swipe and wipe from left to right. Exactly. Do you know that actually you should go from, you know, to go backwards, not forwards. I'll be contacting your doctor now to let them know you need another let. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie. It didn't work out very well. (laughs) No. Well, and so this week, uh, so depending on when this is aired, uh, but keep in mind, there was a massive, uh, speaking of dumps, a massive data dump in this case of Twitch. And so friendly warning to anyone who may or may not have changed their passwords and all that good stuff, do so, do so now, but don't forget who owns Twitch. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. So all of those accounts being linked and you can't decouple them. So when they say, oh, we noticed that you're doing something on an Amazon platform, huh? 
I'm gaming on Twitch. I'm gaming, you know, I'm doing all kinds of different things. I have Audible and it knows all the books that I read. And right? I also have Amazon Prime because that shit is cheap, right? Right. So, and it gets there quicker. Yeah, it does. I mean, in way too many boxes and Amazon, I swear we're going to talk about this a little bit more, <laughs> but seriously, you're killing the planet. Don't right? send so many boxes. But anyway, yeah, I think that it's it's really interesting to me in, in all of the years, in the last four or five years that we've been talking about privacy and breaches and all of those things that you haven't heard a lot about Amazon proper in that category, which I find really suspicious because if you think, <laughs> seriously, if you think about the amount of data that they actually have on every like human being in the world, it's a lot. That's a treasure yeah. trove for a hacker. I, I really want to hack them now just to see what they have. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not going to do that. Just saying. Well, but you could for research. For but research, yes. one of the things that also, because it's like we, they've done a really good job of segmenting out some of their stuff to the sense that, or, you know, I constantly going, oh, wow, look more S3 buckets in mm-hmm. AWS, <laughs> forgetting that's Amazon, yep. you know, like it's a, you think of all that. And then again, as you mentioned, we've, we've brought the pieces perhaps into our home and into our lives, but now not only are the pieces being put back together, but they're being put together in this one place that is right there in front of you. And their marketing has been amazing because depending on the articles you read, some of them you can tell are like, oh, this is such a great innovation for, you know, people who elderly or the disabled or yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of that without saying, oh, the children in your household may inadvertently, you know, everyone had the jokes of like, what was it? The child who ordered, I forget how many tons oh, of yeah. whatever, <laughs> you know, like, oh, like second, or the parrot, the parrot that had figured out and was setting off, uh, you know, all those things, but you start to think of, okay, have they solved for those problems? No. Uh, and I mean, you've got ads now that are supposed to key off Alexa and all that stuff. So what happens when you've got Astro? And- so I, you know, you touched on disability for a second and I really mm-hmm. want to hit home on that because it's something that means a lot to me. I think that utilizing the disabled community and the elderly community to say this product will be amazing for you without, and you and I both know they have not gone through disability testing and, you know, (laughs) they have done none of that. They have just thrown this product out there. So you're saying that disabled people and older people will be able to function with this capability and it's going to make their lives easier. Well, if we're talking about somebody who's on the autistic range at the very high end of that range, he could be ordering or she could be ordering, you know, endless, you know, Xboxes over and over and over again, or art supplies or this or that. So what I really want to know is, have they even considered how these people are going to use this product? And I feel like that hasn't been demonstrated. Well, and what it, the other kind of balance is, is you're, they're asking and saying, oh, hey, because you may need or benefit from additional assistance around the home. Yeah. We don't care about your privacy, right? Like we're still going to like, we really are going to like 
weasel our way in mm-hmm. and then taking a vulnerable population and making them exactly. even more vulnerable. Exactly. And they're the least able to do anything like if their privacy issues, if their data is taken. So like, wow, okay. Every other challenge you have, let's just add some more in because you're a, like, you're an afterthought. Absolutely. And I think that especially right now, you know, post COVID and I, I am going off on a soapbox here for a hot second about privacy and disabled community, but, (laughs) but still, you know, um, during COVID, the amount of, um, you know, people who were actually available to be counselors, to be aides, to be, you know, personal kind of um, assistants or personal um, therapists to disabled people has gone down dramatically because they're not getting paid. And that's a hard job. It's a really hard job. And what I fear when I see them kind of marketing to that target group is that they're going to try to replace the human beings in that element. But machines and astro is never going to be able to understand the complexities of autism or cerebral palsy or uh, like someone like me who has no hearing whatsoever. They're (laughs) never going to get those kinds of things. Right. And I think it's bold and irresponsible of Amazon to really target those groups. Well, and it's, I love, and this is a shameless plug for some of the research that's going on, um, even through some of the individuals involved uh, with Cyberbytes Foundation and some of the others, oh, yes. where yep. they're working on kind of the, that augmented reality, but also the bringing in all the different sensory uh, ways that you can address some of this or people who have vision issues and helping them navigate through, for example, the, um, traffic, uh, intersections. And you look at that research and then you kind of look at like, Oh, Amazon, you're coming in on that and offering these products. And as you, as you noted, I mean, to get the nuanced nuances and even when training like canine companions and everything, and that they, some of them fail out. And if, you know, what happened when it's, well, a robot, uh, or not to mention a drone, which by the way, drones, uh, really agitate animals. Um, you and want to, people. Oh, well, yeah, disabled people. Yes. I'm just going to throw that out there too. Yes. And I'm sitting here thinking of, uh, some of my favorite pictures are of my dog trying to eat my millennium Falcon because he's like, <laughs> I don't know why you're buzzing me with this. And I'm like, well, because it was funny. Uh, millennium Falcon, obviously. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, but you think of that if you have a home environment that may have a companion dog, may have all these different things, a service animal, and now you're going to bring something in that you know is going to agitate it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, do I choose this or the dog? What is my insurance going to cover? Because I guarantee a $1,000 robot that you have to maintain what? $10 a month, you know, a hundred dollar a month. Oh, and let's not talk about the technical things that you're going to have to do the patching, the updating, right? the, all of these things that are going to be required for you to be protected by any kind of anything that they have. Mm-hmm. And that, that is not the community to test this out on. <laughs> no, no. And I think of my, you know, grandparents who are very tech savvy, but at the same time, you know, 
it's one thing if it's an added bonus. It's another thing if like, oh, wow, you know, you no longer have a care companion. You have a robot. You have a robot like, that's ordering medications for you on the regular and telling right? you what your schedule looks like. And what? what? Just no. <laughs> and turning on. And one of the selling points was like, oh, if you're not sure if you turned on, left the stove on, you can send Astro to go check on. I'm like, what is Astro going to do? Okay. And then also what is the tech support behind this? Like, do they have an entire community of tech support that's going to help out the disabled community and the elderly community? Right. Or even me, like if I am walking around my house on a Saturday in my pajamas, or what if I want to go pajama free? And suddenly I have tech support connecting in or I now have Astro that I know is, you know, because calling back and they're like, Hey, Amazon, she just decided to go full naked in her own house. Um, red alert. What do I do? Right? What do I do? What do I do? She's naked, naked as a jaybird. Or that's what Astro would be like. I love that you said naked, naked. <laughs> that's yourself and, coming out. <laughs> right. And that's all I need is Astro telling me or telling Amazon, mm, looks like she, you know, suddenly I have exercise equipment, right? That. And then Amazon gets breached and Hey, look, I'm on Pornhub. Wow. Right. I mean, or if I'm going to be on Pornhub, I want to have at least had time to put on the proper makeup and get the right lighting. Right. And and like consent to it. Right. Like, I mean, as I believe, was it your first, uh, first episode? So if you haven't heard it, go back and listen, because talking about a true badass, um, On that topic, just, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to have an episode coming up with Chris Kubeka, and we're going to talk about how Denmark has solved all of the problems that we've talked about on this show. Literally revenge porn being the first one. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Anyway, they are (laughs) shameless plug, right? Well, and like Netherlands just came out the government this week and said, Hey, um, not only are we going to be authorized to take action against, for example, ransomware threat actors, mm-hmm. not just monetary, not just civil criminal. No, they've authorized military action if needed. So what happens if my Astro gets ransomware? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. well, you talk about the blackmail that we get now where we saw, what was it? Uh, one of the recent breaches where it was like, Hey, we think your competitor might be interested in this information. Mm-hmm. Liz, we think your ex might be interested mm. in knowing what you've been doing. We'll release the data that we just got from your Astro, uh, buddy. This uh, is where this is where it's never going to work on me because I don't care. I will tell you everything. I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> I did. I smoked pot that one time and probably or four times or that abs- was totally me dancing on the tables. Right. Oh Right. Or like, oh, we noticed the following devices also connected to your Wi-Fi hotspot running through Astro. It's like, damn straight. They did. (laughs) Hell yeah. It was a party. Did you Uh, also check out the security protections I put on those devices? Probably. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's, but you talk about like all the different, uh, talk about uh, from corporate espionage to other things when your devices are connecting to open networks, you know, again, and everybody's working from home. Right. And part of Astro's learning is that it is keeping an eye on what is coming in within its vicinity. That's how it learns who are the homeowners. But that's also how Alexa works. So this is, it's not a new precedent for Amazon. It's um, an extended 
precedent. And if you haven't solved the first one, why wait to bring out the second? No, <laughs> just add yeah. on. Yeah. And charge more. And then get the drone that circles your house. Right? Like, you know, whatever. Right. And oh, then the ring. Oh, I just found this the other day too. And I wanted to talk to you about dear. it. So the okay. ring will actually learn like things in its purview, like your garage door or your gate or what kind, what types of people, if they match people in your approved profile are coming to your house. And I'm just like, what? Yes. <laughs> I literally just want to see the dude that's at my door right now with my Amazon package. And see, this is why, or this is where I have a lot of fun when walking the dog, because I give a little show, like I'll do a little song and dance number when I go buy rings and like, you know, do, do, do. Oh yeah. How many things to your dogs? That, that's totally a thing. Oh, I'm totally jamming out to whatever like gangster rap or whatever. Um, Taylor Swift. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Megan Thee Stallion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm in totally a Bishop Briggs place right now. And I'm loving it. <laughs> so like, right? but see, you can do that. But now just know that when you're singing in the shower, Everyone can hear it or see it. Yes. And talk about things that you may not want coming out. Well, anyone who's been around me in a car has probably heard me sing. So sorry. Oh my God. Uh, we totally have to plan karaoke. Side <gasps> anyway. Yes. Uh, yes. Apologies in advance because I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I love it. No, I, I can't either, especially after a few drinks, but it will be so fun. So fun. But now there will be recordings of it, whether you want oh, yeah. it or not. Totally. So, you know, when I think about, we talk about these privacy issues and that's kind of, you know, what you and I spend a lot of time talking about in like terms of all it, and we're going to come back to this in another episode, like putting your passport driver's license and now your, <laughs> your COVID vaccination card on your iPhone, because why not? Yeah. Another episode. But <laughs> I think that when we talk about privacy like this, um, and we look at the legislative backing that is that is happening right now. There is all the cyber legislation, right? Everybody is all over this. And just a couple of weeks ago, the FTC actually announced that they were going to create their own privacy data bureau with about $1 billion from Congress. And uh, I had a great chat with Andrea I'm sorry, not Andrea, with Alyssa on our live show about that and how absolutely crazy that is. We need to get organized as a government right now. We have a lot of cybersecurity bills on the floor. We have breach verification. We have, you know, we have the cyber infrastructure. We have all of these things that should be working together. But as politics is politics, what we end up having is a hundred different bills that that name their own kind of agencies of interest uh, to do this and to do this and to do this. And all I can think of, like, all I can think of the last two weeks is y'all let CISA handle it. They've been given a legislative mandate. Let's centralize this. I mean, of course, everybody else gets to play, but there should not be 15 organizations that can fine you for breach data or privacy data or dot, 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 dot. So it just bleeds on this problem. You hit the nail on the head though, when you started off and talked about the funding provided to the FTC. 
And you look at that and no one's willing to give up that. Everybody wants to be um, a beltway baller. They want to have, and they figured out that one way to get your budget increased is to throw cyber privacy or like some kind of technology focused aspect into what you're doing. Say, oh, well, obviously we are the better. And you saw with the executive order that came out earlier this year that there was some attempt to kind of say, hey, 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 wait a minute. We know you've all been working on this. Like bring it in, rein it in. But what you're going to find is that we're going to continue to have those problems until people, because even with, uh, in one of my conversations with a friend over at CISA, and we were talking and it was lamenting the fact that it's like, well, we want to do these projects, but unfortunately the existing funding has all these strings attached or it has to, and either you start doing some crazy gymnastics of, oh, well, when we said this 10 years ago, when we first authorized that, what we really meant was, and you have to start doing the giggle test. If, if the bureaucrat <laughs> can say it with a straight Without face, laughing out loud. yes. And that's it. Like you, yeah. if you can do that, then, okay, they'll approve and authorize, you know, uh, here's my those uses. Like when we start farming out billions of dollars to like the FTC and the SEC to do exactly what it is we've just empowered CISA to do, I have a real problem with that. And I, you know, I worked at DHS for a long time and I'm familiar with the interagency working group and all the joy that comes with that. But now that you have the authority to do these things, the FTC should not even be involved. They really shouldn't. And the so, SEC should not be involved. This Ooh, is where for those get, who are listening, we're about to get deep right now. I was going to say, for those who are listening only, um, imagine I am now holding up my teacup and just sitting here sipping because as my mother told me, um, if you have nothing nice to say at all, come sit next to her. Well, in this case, yeah. I never learned uh, No, no, that's why you just come sit next to me. Uh, we can be snarky together, but yeah. And it's, it's one of those challenges. It's kind of the, all right, you've created this central, this, and it would make sense. And then how do you get everyone to play together? And you see that with incident response where, uh, you know, even from a, a municipality, you know, knowing who do we call and you saw it with colonial pipeline as well of like, well, we assumed because we called this one federal agency, they were going to call the other agencies and notify. And quite frankly, our business was burning to the ground. And in the case of the city, you know, we're wondering if we're going to be able to make payroll for the thousands of city employees. Quite frankly, would it be like, oh, well, we called the FBI, we called the GBI. Oh, we call you this, are like, hitting me on another soapbox and oh, I'm about to go off. And I, I love it. You. I love you for this because give me a sec. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drop this mic. It's expensive, but seriously. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been on the soapbox of breach verification and breach notification reform for literally the entire time I've had this um, this, <laughs> this podcast. And uh, recently I was connected with a group of people here in the DC area and we all have, you know, connections. We all have the kind of 
cloud to be able to actually affect this. So there's a group of us who are actually starting a series of white papers that will go both to Congress and to CISA about some of our ideas of how this would actually work that don't involve lobbying, that don't involve (laughs) other companies trying to get their shit in there, that don't involve throwing things to random government agencies. And you know what? It's actually surprising how much, you know, actually it's not surprising. (laughs) As soon as I said that, I was like, it's really Yeah, I was going to say, no, you've you've, you've worked in this area long enough. Yeah, totally. That organizations like the DOD and the FBI and the Secret Service and DHS and the FTC and the SEC all have their little budget that goes into these same efforts. Yet, when it comes to communicating and collaborating in an effective way, I know all y'all right now are like, oh, we totally talk to them. No, you talk to them when it's people you like. When it's people you don't like, you totally ignore them. So we have to actually look at this objectively and say, okay, but is that really your responsibility? Should it be? Or should it be you know, centralized in data, in cyber, in privacy, in one agency with all the interagency working groups that go with that. And I don't know. It's a tough so, one. So, but think about too, it's like once you've tasted power, once you've been, think you're supposed to be doing something, how easy is it to take it away? Oh yeah. And then the other, the other fascinating thing that I always see when I, uh, interact with information security community in the technology and the privacy. And we start talking about, be it at a federal level, be it international uh, policy, or even down to the state and local, because oh, yeah. I've, there it's, it's understanding of, yes, you may have a fantastic approach, but you need to, you need to be able to translate it effectively oh, for them. Yes. And hitting those priorities because you can't just go into the office and be like, I have the solution. They're like, but are we sure we were asking the same question? And was it a question we should have been asking? So it gets fun. And I get to, I like, I love this because I I was so government for so long. I was so DHS. Oh my God. I was all up in the Kool-Aid. I still love you guys though. Cisa Jen, girl crush. (laughs) But you know, being an entrepreneur now and trying to think about these things from a business perspective, it's hard. It's hard to want to reach out to anybody and say, hey, this happened and it sucks and we could totally use your help because the 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 stigma right now is everybody just says, oh my God, we were breached. Call the lawyers. Nobody wants to, don't say shit. Nobody talk right? about it. Well, and that's, I do have to applaud, uh, some of what uh, the, with the latest treasury advisory mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, okay, you shouldn't have paid the ransom. You shouldn't have done this, but we might mitigate if you've taken some basic steps. I mean, but really to kind of circle back, what I really hear is that really just tell Astro and don't <laughs> worry Amazon. So just say it out loud. Amazon will take care of all of your problems. Yeah. You just put it out into the universe. And instead of like putting it out to whatever deity um, that you It's the one-stop shop, right? Yeah. You just say, hey, Astro, I'm putting this out into the universe. I've had a breach and I need you to to notify everyone. Will you notify everyone? 
will you document this? And, or, Hey, I think this would be a better tech policy. Will you contact all the appropriate people and let them know that I said this? And you know who my senator is, right? So go on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And call my contacts list, you know, circulate my white paper that I've just written, uh, you know, Alexa, put it on their playlist. Uh, you know, put the national blast uh, up next okay. in podcast. I'm shamelessly totally fine with that. Right. <laughs> right. I really, when you were talking about doing extra research, I think that's what you should be doing Absolutely. is finding ways, getting some of uh, the army that you know you have um, and getting them to be like, okay, team, here's what we need to figure out. How do we make sure that your show gets to be the top <laughs> of, and that the new episodes, it's like, wait, why, why do I suddenly hear Keenan's voice in my house? Like what's going <laughs> on? Which you laugh. My poor grandmother, the last time I had a podcast, somehow the app that would play it because the station had their own app. Uh, she just, she picked up her iPad. She was like, all of a sudden, Elizabeth, I just heard your voice <laughs> and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from, but you were just talking away and I just had to let my, you know, my iPad battery die because that you is just, so creepy. <laughs> I can't. Right? I felt so bad. I was like, oh, oh, and she was like, I just think it was a glitch. <laughs> You're like, no, honey, no. <laughs> Why was I supposed to do that? Oh. <laughs> But that's where we are right now, right? Yeah. In society, we've we've gotten so comfortable with technology that we're willing to ignore the fact that our privacy is totally being violated. And you know, we've talked about this, and you and I have talked about this in a couple of other topics. But when are we in the U.S. going to get privacy heavy? I mean, <laughs> GDPR is out there, and most American companies who deal anywhere in the world are having to kind of deal with that. So when do we actually get some sense? centralized privacy, you know, rules and restrictions. And I well, feel like America's all like, you know, we kind of want to do that, but we really also want to know everything about you. Well, it is only that, but think of it. If, if Congress can't even get basic budget measures, like, you know, debt ceiling aside, if we can't or do the fact certain- that we haven't figured out breach verification yet, right? Well, how many years? Because you've got the states too. And so which state rules them all? And heavens forbid that a New Yorker take guidance from California. Oh, no. And, you you know, shut your mouth right now. What right. Right. And to have to go through and say, well, okay, who got it right? And you look at like the Illinois stuff and you have there, was it BIPA? Mm-hmm. As like, okay. Now who gets to, and that's just like, but in all fairness, the way that this is, is it, is it fair and love for privacy? It's definitely not. It's total bullshit. But (laughs) so, (laughs) so the way that this is supposed to work is the States can have all of their guidelines, but the federal government can come in and say, that's great. And I'm glad you're doing something about this, but this is the minimum standard. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out what would that minimum standard be? Granted, it can be done. 
compromise. White papers. Right. We're going straight up Hamilton in this biz right here. And we're going to write all the papers and publish them everywhere and change the world. Right. I love it. I love it. And heavens forbid people acknowledge that UK is tackling this outside of GDPR. You know, another tackling that. Yeah, I mean, they they're Even gonna Ireland bring... is tackling this. Right. Right. Irish. The Irish are all in on privacy. And we're over here like, oh hey, that's cool. Yeah. We can't even like uh yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have Astro because that was one of the other things that's funny is they can't figure out how to get, I mean, that should be a sign. If the Amazon privacy attorneys and legal team can't find a way to make Astro available outside the U.S. yet, they're so putting up something wrong. Something's wrong with it. They're not and basic privacy standards for the rest of the world. No. And well, then again, you think of like what happens with certain countries and do we want them to have, and what would that look like to have some of these devices? And, ah, I mean, if, if the Russians can change champagne, uh, don't get me started on that. You know, I love champagne, right? Girl. Again, as I drink my tea, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more about your love of champagne. Yes. These are just sparkling sorrows right now. Uh, from Tears the, of all the, the astro privacy victims. Right, right. Of all the breach victims, I have collected them. And I raise my glass to Amazon. But yeah, so cheers. And let me know how, how we start solving for some of this. And it's going to be interesting because in the even in the policy working groups, man, where we meet regularly and we'll invite uh, staff and the folks themselves who are writing all these different policies, it's kind of like, yeah, no, this would be a this would be a great uh, best practices minimum standard. And then you watch what happens when it starts going through the legislative process. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, do not get me started. No, I'm already started. I'm on fire. Hold on. So it's the lipstick. It is the lipstick. It's just the right shade of red, right? Right, right. (laughs) So, you know, over the course of the last couple of months, as I mentioned before, I've been really hot on this breach verification topic. And I have reached out to every senator and every you know representative. And I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> I have I have a hundred hackers behind me, like no kidding, world-class hackers that are ready to sit down and talk about this concept and talk about the things that need to happen to make this community right. Not to mention CEOs and all of these other things, but we have these senators, we have these representatives who are throwing themselves on the cyber grenade right now because it's hot and not because they understand the complexities of that. And that really... That really gets my goat, really gets my goat. If you're going to jump on the cyber grenade, do it because you believe that it really needs to be done. And this is my altruistic inner naivety talking, but still, (laughs) I feel like that's the way that should work, right? In concept, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and there is a lot of outreach that goes into the different staff members um, and it, the staff with ICS Village and Hack mm-hmm. the Capital, you know. the Oh, and Langevin, of- Langevin staff is very, yes. very cyber educated, which is unheard of. Oh, so it's fantastic. Yeah. I don't think that there's, you know, there's 
a lot of them out there, but there are definitely a handful who are doing just amazing things to try to drive it forward. And that's where it becomes so important to have those white papers, to have the dialogue set up so that when stuff uh, starts coming up, you know, we have the ransomware disclosure act that's kind of, or the uh, ransom payment. Anyway, oh my it was just introduced okay. this week and like you have to, I know, yeah. I, know. I have feelings about that. It's literally the same thing as breach, breach verification. That's all it is. It's another level yeah. of breach verification. So why are we creating an entirely different bill with reporting to an entirely different agency when we just figured out that reporting should go through CISA? I feel like, you know, this <sighs> diversification of agencies within the government. No. Well, I, yeah. Okay. And that's also part of the problem. It's how we end up again with products like Astro and the big tech where you have these whistleblowers come out and talk about Facebook of saying, Hey, yes, Mark comes and sits in front of y'all and talks about this, but in reality, here's what's really going on. And these are the different layers that are either getting ignored, overlooked, and you have the political connections into those tech industries, just saying. Yeah. And it's, that's why it becomes important to have that dialogue and to have the discussions, not just with the top, but the people who are actually doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Why are you always, why do we agree on everything? I mean, well, I mean, if you want it's the right thing to do, I don't know. Well, and it's going to make like you've at some point it gets too big. And the overhaul of, and you can't walk stuff back. So really it's going, okay, we haven't hit that. We're getting there. We're getting there, you know, but, uh, and also we've got to find a way to provide incentivize, uh, and provide the right. And by the way, it's money. It's really people care about money or jail time and resources. Like right now, I, I actually, I'm, I'm super, I'm not annoyed, but I, I was expecting this to come. And I talked about this with Philip Wiley last week. Um, you know, uh, any legislation that comes into the space, whether it's privacy or breach verification or all of the things that fall under these categories, it has to have actual teeth. And mm-hmm. I was really, really hoping that fines were not the teeth that were going to come out of this, but it turns out that fines are the teeth. And while that makes sense for small companies who don't want to pay fines, the people who are usually getting breached are massive companies who pay fines to the SEC and the FTC every day and twice on Tuesday, and they don't care. Oh, it's only a billion dollar fee. Well, and it's, it's so in those instances, where I had the most um, effectiveness talking to, especially like way back in the day with financial um, online banks and stuff is saying, hey, PCI compliance, PCI, they're just like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But where you're striking the teeth is, oh, but if it goes sideways, you're going to jail. No, not the company because you're a corporate entity. specifically are going to jail. Or the fine is coming out of, your pocket. Like it's not a corporate right. fine. It is you personally. And the wrong choice. I, yes. love, I love that. So that's kind of the accountability, but at the same time, you can't always regulate stupid. Um, oh, or oh my gosh, so. having been a DHS, I know we tried. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, oh it is 
Absolutely. I, and again, people are going to bring the devices. They're going to bring these companies, you know, TikTok trying to explain it like, Hey, this is probably not the best idea. And yes, there's a part of me that like cries every time she's like, Oh, I'm in a boring, like I'm in the airport waiting for something. I could be reading a book. I could be doing that. Or this would be the perfect time to catch up on military TikTok and see what kind of funny things they're saying. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm publishing something this weekend about security awareness with security people. And oh my gosh, yes, we are the worst. We are absolutely the worst. We're like looking at end users like, oh my God, don't do that test that asks you your birth date, mm-hmm. your mom's favorite thing. And don't do that friend Friday where literally everybody in the world sees who you talk to and blah, 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 blah. But we do it because we're human, right? Yeah. So we totally do that. We totally get on TikTok. We totally go on Amazon. We totally talk to mm-hmm. Alexa and say, hey, Alexa, what time is it? By 44 p.m. Well, and so, which is the fire part because, or you get like of our house where I'm like, ah, we have to like old school. If I want to turn the lights, I've got to walk over. Oh, no, I can't. Switch. I can never go back. This is, <laughs> but this uh, is what I'm talking about like the awareness yeah. and the acceptance of risk just among the security people who are mm-hmm. influencing everybody else. Like we, we all need to get on a better stage and myself included. I'm not, I'm not throwing punches here. I'm like, I literally just asked Alexa what time it is. And in a minute, I'm going to ask her to turn on the smoker. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, look, all's fair and love privacy, whatever. And smoking meat. And smoking meat. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, priorities priorities. I I will give up my privacy for that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And it's just about accepting the risk. This is what drives me mad though. What upsets me the most about this Astro robot is assuming the risk for normal human beings is one thing. Assuming the risk for security professionals who do this every day is one thing, but do not market your entire plan around the elderly and disabled who cannot make those choices. Well, and the other thing is don't put the burden on the end users where you're counting on this one, this one, this one, this one, this individual, yep. when you have the power to do it at the software, like at the, like at that basic level, had you just done this, yep. no one else would have had to do their stuff as much, but. And, you know, honestly, I, I know we took a tangent here from privacy to dis- disabled rights and disabled privacy, but I think it's important. And I think it. it does. It all goes together. I think that Microsoft has done a really good job in the last year, two years in really making sure that accessibility for the disabled is included in you know their products and understanding by bringing disabled people in to kind of test that. I know um, myself, I've totally you know benefited from text to talk and things where I can't hear anything at all, and I'm trying to kind of relate to that. I don't feel like Amazon has the same level of you know testing, even though that's what gave it away. <gasps> oh, I don't know the fact that they're targeting that market without any kind of understanding of what real privacy for those people means. I don't know, something. Something like that. Or the fact that when they disclose where the testing was, that doesn't get mentioned. Oh, yeah. Hmm. No, Kuala Lumpur is a great place to do testing. (laughs) I'm just saying. 
Yeah. And how many elderly and disabled people are there? I don't know. I have no idea. But my final thoughts, I, we've, we've been talking forever. And I think this is one of my favorite episodes already. <laughs> um, <laughs> is my final thought is, look, Amazon, I love you. I do love you. I have a hate and love relationship with you. I'm down for prime. I'm not down for your excessive use of overpackaging. I'm down for technology. I am not down for you marketing to the elderly and the disabled a product that is going to abuse their privacy without them understanding it. I am totally here for the robot revolution, but not at the expense of privacy, not at the expense of people that I care about. I don't know, Liz, what do you think? Well, and I'm not here for the using it for your marketing purpose. Like I am not the, Oh, 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 and what else are they using it for? Oh, take your pick. Um, and it's like, no, I do not. I, and in some cases I do not want to have to, you know, I want to access something, but at the same time, I don't want this all linked together. I don't consent to that. So yeah. And quite frankly, do better. Like, don't, uh, don't take it for granted that, yeah, okay. You know, we're going to like that lizard part of the brain. We're oh. gonna, don't quit appealing to that thinking that's going to, because I'll be stubborn. Oh yeah. Like I'll fight it as long as I can. So, but I do love the, uh, drone overlords when they come. Oh my God. The drones, the drones falling. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, you and I are going to keep having these privacy discussions. I feel like you have to be like a totally recurring guest because every five minutes something comes up. I swear to, I swear, I saw the thing about passports, digital um, COVID passports, and I lost my mind. I was like, oh my God, Liz and I need to talk about this. Well, and even we ran into the problem, like, okay, so I've got everything synced into my phone. Sure. Sure. So now I'm relying on it for travel. Heavens forbid a reader go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and something like, oh, well, just pull out your driver's license. My what? No, I what? left it at home. Yeah. Apple. It's on, it's on my phone. Yeah. My phone is dead. Uh, I do. Or a, uh, we had this problem where DJI, we have invited the press and everybody out to the Atlanta airport. And we we're going to show them how we're you safely using drones on the airfield. So as the press and everybody are standing a drone there, crashed into a plane. No, <laughs> anybody no, get DJI pushed out a software update overnight that reset all the configurations they had that at the time you had to have like um, waivers outside of the normal thing. So they had gone and they had court, the contractor had coordinated all of this with the FAA, with DJI. So basically they have this tailored drone. And as they go, all these reporters are standing on like the really windy because there's nothing to break the wind. You're out in the middle of a runway and they go to fire the drone up and it goes, because the drone thinks, oh, I'm in restricted airspace. I'm not allowed to fly here. And as we're yelling, going, no, we are the airport. Fly, fly. Fly, my pretties, fly. It wouldn't. It was like, no, 
no, how nice for you, but no. And so what happens when you have something like that, where a software update crashes us and you don't have your driver's license or your COVID card with you? Like, I've totally had that happen where I have lived my life on my phone, especially when flying, right? With my Mm -hmm. tickets and all of those things. And then sometimes you'll go to an airport that doesn't have a good enough signal to actually pull anything up. And I'm like, I don't have a paper ticket. Like all I have is my phone and it's not working. Right. And it's crazy. Right. And it's, it's, and I can't imagine and we talked about this a little bit before. I can't imagine putting all of the things on your phone. I was like, oh, passport, the real ID, the the whole, you know, COVID passport, dot, 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 dot. These, your these- health insurance, you can do that. Like all your credit cards, like your life on a phone. And like, I don't know if you're using it in the toilet, you stand up, it falls out of your hands. Never happened. Thank God. But this is why you never take your phone to the bathroom ever, ever. ever, ever. Yeah, sure. He's Uh like, (laughs) (laughs) sure. (laughs) 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 Yes. I'm a little bit more paranoid about that because there's like specific international criminals who are like hunting me. So I'm like, yeah, no, you're not getting that show. You can get all the living room <laughs> joy, that <laughs> all the dining room painting that you want. You're not going to the bathroom. <laughs> fair, fair enough. And just keep that in mind when you get your Astro. Oh yeah. You know, he's going to want to map your bathroom. If he's like, Hey, um, can I help you wipe? And Hey, like, I think you need assistance into the shower. The answer is no, it is missed a spot. It is totally F no. And for those of you out there who are caregivers or parents or, you know, family members of the disabled or the elderly, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it's on you to make these good decisions because not everybody can understand the third order effects of of what this means. And I think that, first of all, we as a community have to continue to rise up, rise up, Hamilton, and and make sure that we're doing the right thing by these people. And I think that's the thing that really, you know, kind of bothers me the most about this whole marketing campaign for Astro is just the the pure capitalization of underprivileged, um, you know, sort of underserved and disabled communities. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's people who we should be doing better for. We shouldn't do worse. We should not be taking advantage of right. their abilities for capitalism. Nope. I'm just going to throw it out there. Mm, nope. Just oh my God, Liz. Right. We have right? to do more often. We do. And thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. And yes, get more of our uh, rants on Twitter and everywhere else we're finding our social media fixes these days. (laughs) All right. So everyone, thank you again for listening to the National Blast. I know it's crazy sometimes. I know it's hectic sometimes. Sometimes we just need to get the right people in the right room to have the conversation to make things better. 
and we can totally do that. And that's why I love guests like Liz. I love guests like, you know, Philip Wiley, who was here last week. I think these are the genuine people who are really trying to change the paradigm of what we're doing in cybersecurity and privacy and are actually going to be successful at it. So if you're not following Liz, you should. Uh, all her information will be totally in uh, the write-up that comes out with this. And frankly, I'm just thrilled. The marvelous Mrs. Wharton. Thank you for <laughs> again. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. This is the latest episode of The National Blast. V-Armor enables organizations to protect their data, digital assets, and themselves through a complete understanding of all applications and identities and the information relationships between them. Every application, every user, every data element. Learn more at vArmor.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the National Blast podcast with Keenan Skelly, if you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.